And he goes, well, you sound too much like Paul, and I already work with the real one. <laughs> with Abby Road on the River, and this is a, another bonus episode of Something Will Happen. I know you get two bonus episodes this week, one for John Lennon's birthday on Sunday, and today we are announcing the lineup for Abby Road on the River 2023. Really excited. You may already know that we have Mickey Dolan's of the Monkeys coming, we have Felix Cavalieri's Rascals coming, and we have Britbeat doing their tribute to the Beatles and their whole multimedia show that they're bringing. It's really incredible if you haven't seen it. But for my next guest, Boy Talk is the newest addition to our lineup. You know, in the Beatles tribute band business, the general consensus has to be that Paul is probably the hardest Beatle to recreate. You have to sing like him. You have to have the range like him. You have to play guitar, bass, piano. You have to be able to do it all. Uh, there's only been a few in the history of this genre who have been able to really pull it off. And my next guest is really regarded as one of the best Paul tribute artists ever. Um, we've been trying to get into Abbey Road and River for a long time, but you know, this is not an ordinary tribute act. This is one of the biggest gets that we've ever gotten. Paul is out there touring right now, and we all know how great Paul McCartney is. And this next act can really pull off Paul. So if you haven't been able to, you know, afford a floor seat for a Paul McCartney show, um, or even gone to see a Paul McCartney show, um, this is your chance to see Paul McCartney up close and personal. Well, you know, someone playing Paul McCartney, but still, it's like that good for two hours, you think you are in the presence of Paul McCartney. And it, you know, it's a great way to show your kids or your grandkids, just to understand the greatness of Paul McCartney and get them into the Beatle fandom that we all know and love. So let me announce to you that we have Live and Let Die, the music of Paul McCartney featuring Tony Kishman. And that's who I'm gonna to talk to next. You'll be able to hear uh, my nice little chat with him where he talks about his show, talks about getting into playing Paul McCartney, and he talks about his uh, almost meeting the actual Paul McCartney, which is pretty cool. So go check out the full lineup over at AROTR.com. We have a ton of bands that are coming next year, all amazingly talented. Um, we're really excited about it. And also you can go grab your tickets if you haven't gotten it already at AROTR.com. You have the option to buy your ultimate ticket to ride, or you can just put a deposit down and pay this same price um, in March. So you don't have to buy it. You don't have to pay it all up front right now, but if you put a, $100 deposit down now, you can lock in your price right now because prices are going up. So that's a really good option. Go to AROTR.com, go check out the lineup, go get your tickets. But first, enjoy this nice little interview I had with Tony Kishman talking all about Live and Let Die, the music of Paul McCartney. Thanks for joining me today on the podcast, Tony. How are you doing? I'm doing real good. It's nice to be here. Good. Yeah, this is, it's actually good to formally meet you. It's the funny thing is that I, I've been going to the Fest for Beatles fan in Chicago for years. And so yeah. that's when I first saw you um, like a month ago, whenever that was. Oh, August yeah, this year yeah. Because you were I believe it was August. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll see you for that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that was kind of funny how I heard that, you know, Glenn Burtnick, who normally does that part was sick or something. And then, right. Yes. In. And I was like, wow, like the guy they got to fill in, like knows everything and like 
Yeah, that's funny like, how that worked out. That makes sense. That was yeah, well, cool. we were both in the Beatlemania show. Right. Yeah. No, that, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, we were both in. Yeah, we were actually. He was uh, in one different, you know, production, and I was in another. But it was a national uh, show. It started in New York, of course, on Broadway, and then it went uh, to L.A., which was at the Schubert Theater, and that was a big, long run. And that's when I joined it. Okay. So we we were both in the show. I think both of us were in the full run for about it, it lasted about five years, Beatlemania. And then when when it closed, you know, they, it closed. So anybody that called themselves Beatlemania after that was just taking the name, you know. Yeah. So yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, how how did you get into playing Paul? Did you always look like Paul? Were you kind of like, oh, I should go in and and do this because I look like him and I should learn music because I could make this a thing? Or how did you get into where you are now? How did you get into playing Paul? Well, I was in a top 40 band at the time uh, when they were holding auditions for Beatlemania. And I, I had no idea anything about, I was, you know, in my, I think it was 19 or something, you know, and um, I really didn't know much about what was going on other than I was a Beatle fan. I love the Beatles and I love McCartney, of course, everybody does, you know, but I was just like anybody else. I, I, I was curious and somebody said to me, there's a show called Beatlemania that's on Broadway and they've just opened and they're looking for someone that can play Paul. And I said, oh, that's nice. I hope they find someone, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so they said, no, you should audition. And I, I thought, well, why me? You know, I don't, what do I know about, you know, the Beatles? And I, that's kind of how I had uh, the introduction to it. I was kind of told, why don't you audition for the production and, you know, see what they think and so forth. And they were saying that you look enough like Paul and you, sing enough like him why not go and try out so that's how I started out with it I went down as a curiosity thing and they told me where to go and what to do and what songs to audition and I was thinking well, what what do I got to do you know because I was excited about it I knew it was a big show and I thought well what do I do and they learned hey Jude on the piano I'm going oh boy okay and then uh learn yesterday on the guitar and learn camp by love on the bass and I was thinking, oh, okay, well, I'm going to have to work on this. So I rehearsed those songs hard, you know, really worked on them. And when I went down to audition, the the musical director's name was Jack Carone. He said, after I had sung, you know, a song or two, uh, I was really nervous. And I said, oh, my God, sorry, guys, I, I'm terrible. I'm, uh, you know, but they said, no, wait a minute. Let's hear you a little bit more, you know, because they were kind of interested. And I. I was thinking, oh, maybe they like me. I don't know. So they said, can you sing God Get You Into My Life? And I said, I don't know the words. I don't know the words. And they said, well, just sing anything. Sing any words. So I sang, I'm alone to write. I don't, da, 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 da. Yeah. you know. <clears throat> so it was kind of a weird thing. I, I just made them up. And they said, oh, well, you've got the vocal range. That's what we're looking for. So you can hit the high note. We'll work around you, you know. So at that point in time, he said, why don't you work on the show? Here's the songs that we're doing. Can you come back? And I went back several times, many times to 
to audition. And after after about, I don't know, seven or eight times, I thought, well, they don't want me because why am I coming back so many times? And I finally went back and they said, by the way, you're on the payroll. So I went, hallelujah. <laughs> so that's how it, it started with, I just had to really woodshed the songs and I was determined. Yeah, you know. right. That's how, I guess that does make sense. Just if you have vocal range, you know, then they can work. Yeah. And learn the songs and stuff. You can't fake that though. <laughs> no, no. If, a song like Magical Mystery Tour, if you can't go, the magical, you know, that high stuff, then, uh, you know, just don't try, you know, just, it, it's, you're going to sound silly doing it. So I thought, oh no, I got to do this. You know, I got to really get behind it. So, but it was all stuff in my range and I've been doing it now for 44 years. So I think I'm getting by with it. <laughs> you know? I would say so. Yeah. So after Beatlemania ended, what did, um, what'd you do after that? Did you go into another band or what was the transition into creating this show that everyone's going to see at Abbey Road? Yeah, well, it was a matter of, uh, I thought to myself, okay, Beatlemania is closing. They gave us our guitars. They gave us clothes. They gave us, I bought all the amplifiers from the show. I thought, well, I'm going to keep this stuff. And the show closed and it was over and there was no more Beatlemania. And I thought, well, I'm, I guess I better go do something different now. And every, I mean, literally my phone rang and rang. Can you be in this show? Can you do this show, that show? And I did uh, Le Legends in Concert in uh, Las Vegas for uh, a couple of, well, many years, actually. And from that show, I ping-ponged into other Beatles shows, including uh, Classical Mystery Tour, which is with a full symphony uh, that we played all over the entire country, I think 35 times over. That show's been around for 25 years. And, um, and after that, I was doing... Um, you know, my own Beatles show and that, this and that. And about 2000, I think, I started doing McCartney, solo McCartney shows. And I thought, let me try doing this by myself. Why not? I'll have a band behind me. Why don't I get up there and do the similar things that Paul does in Wings and so forth? So I went ahead and tried it. And I, the first show I ever do, did was in Hong Kong. And I thought, well, this would be a good test run. I did silly love songs. I was thinking, well, people, and I'm going, wait a minute, they know this. And then I, and I, you know, you sing yesterday, and they, you know, and it was obviously, and they do the songs. I was thinking, well, they like it, great. So I got excited because I was so well received in Hong Kong, and from that point, I kept doing the solo idea until about 2006, where Live and Let Die a symphonic tribute to Paul McCartney um, came alive and I did it in Berlin. And that was the first time I did a show with an orchestra. And it was a great big orchestra behind me and I had charts written and I had Martin Herman conducting, who's a great conductor. And the band was solid, great musicians. And I felt great up there. It felt like my next step. So from 2006 on, I've been doing Live and Let Die shows and now I've gotten it to the point where we have a really good foundation with it. I know what I'm going to say, what I'm going to sing, and the material just speaks for itself, you know. So, so that's really where that's at. That's very cool. Is is like acting in your background? You know, it's funny. After the things 
did when we learned the songs in Beatlemania, I, I think there was a 20 foot mirror in front of us. So you would be practicing the songs and then you would look in this mirror and you're seeing yourself and you're playing, you know, and I've never seen my, you know, like in a mirror, what if you, you know, you're, you're watching yourself in real time and there's a musical director watching you. And that was my acting experience. I had to act like the guy in the video. So they would be playing the Beatles songs. Like, for example, if we were learning All My Lovin', we'd look up on the screen and we'd watch the Beatles play All My Lovin', like on the Ed Sullivan show or whatever. We'd stop the video and then we'd have to remember what we saw. And the musical director would say, Tony, wait a minute, you're acting too much like Tony, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that was the fun part of, you know, get it right. This is an acting role and it's a musical role. So that's the that was the fun part. And I've kind of transferred that into the aging McCartney. You know, over the years, I've seen different things he does. I've watched him. I've seen him about 10 times live. And I, you know, I take it seriously. I look at it as a, a serious role because when I'm on stage, I have to be convincing. That's the idea, to be convincing. So, uh, so I take it to heart. I take it seriously, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you how many times you've seen him. Yeah, good 10 times. Oh, yeah. The first time I saw him was in 1979. And I had not seen him live, but I was already in Beatlemania. So I was thinking to myself, what's the big deal about McCartney? I got to see him. I got to see what does he do? How does he sound? And I think the first second when he got on stage and he came walking out, that's when I said to myself, now I get it. Because he walked out on stage and the drum beat was playing. You know, he's got the drummer kicking it. Boom, pa, boom, pa, pa. And then out comes McCartney. And he gets on the mic and he goes, yeah. And he just does this scream. Yeah. And I went, Oh my God, now I see what, what they're talking about. Yeah. His voice was like, just, uh, I always say it's like a fist punching you in the face. And it was just so wonderful to see him live. It, it just blew my mind. And I even got more serious after I saw him because I was thinking, okay, now I gotta really get serious. Look, look what he's saying. Look, look at what he does and listen to what he sounds like, you know? So I really got serious after I saw him the first time. Did you, so have you ever met Paul? Close calls, very close calls, but never did. Um, the, my close call uh, with McCartney was in London. I was doing Beatlemania in London and I had just done a show in front of George Martin, his, the producer, you know, and um, he came to the show and he saw us and I was blown away because he watched me do McCartney, you know, and I was saying to myself, well, I just ruined my career. I just played in front of George Martin. And, uh, but he came backstage and was so nice to us. And um, he was very impressed. And, and uh, I had told uh, Sir George, I said, I'm also a songwriter. And, he, and I'd like you to hear my music. Would you, would you consider listening to it? He goes, absolutely. I would love to hear it. So I gave him a cassette tape right then and there. I, have, I always carried it with me, any demos and songs I'd written. I gave him the, the cassette tape. And he said, why don't you come to my studio at Air Studios in about a week? 
I'll listen to it. And then I'll let you know what I think when I see you. So I went a week later. I said, do you mind if I bring my camera? He says, not at all. So um, I met, I met him at the studio and he said to me, Tony, I'm afraid I have some bad news. And I said, what, what? He goes, well, I think your songs are wonderful. Keep writing and keep working on stuff because I could never record you. And I said, really, why? And he goes, well, you sound too much like Paul and I already work with the real one. <laughs> and I was like, no, you can't do this to me. So I was thinking to myself, I'm devastated. That was horrible news for me at the time. But then after a time went on, I kind of said, well, Sir George Martin said to me that I sound too much like Paul McCartney, that I'm going to take that lemon and turn it into lemonade. So, but it was shortly after that where Paul came to London and he played at Wembley. And uh, it was the arena. He, the drummer Rody comped us into the show because he was working for Beatlemania. He came in and said, guys, I'm working with McCartney. I'm doing Wings. I said, oh my God, that's great. He goes, I said, can you comp us in? And he said, sure, sure. So he got his comps to the, to the show for, to see McCartney. And um, he said, but one thing you don't want to do, don't even think about coming backstage because Paul uh, never has guests backstage. He's going to get out of there. He's going to zip out of the, the arena. You're not going to know him. So, so I said, that's fine. I just want to see him. So that was the first time I ever saw Paul live. And after the show was over, I decided to duck out a little early because I knew what his last song was going to be. And I thought, why did I get ahead of the audience? And there's 20,000 people there. I'm going to be ahead of it. So my friend and I left and we, we had a rental car waiting for us. And then we got home next morning. We met with uh, the drummer, Rody, because he was in the studio with us. He came walking in with his arms up in the air saying, where the hell were you guys? And I went, what do you mean? He goes, Paul came off stage and he said, tell those guys from Beatlemania to come back. I want to meet them. I was like, I, I went, no. And I, I just couldn't believe it. Now, this was before cell phones. So we were doomed. There was nothing I could do. Yeah. So that was the probably the worst day of my life, you know. But um, he actually was curious to meet us. So I thought, well, at least he know he knows of us. I mean, he knows of me. And um, and so, yeah, that was just a real bummer. But that's my close call meeting Paul. <laughs> that is such a bummer. <laughs> oh yeah, it was. It was truly a bummer. And and keep in mind, you know, there's no other tribute bands that wasn't like a tribute to Tom Petty or a tribute to so and so. It was strictly back then, just Beatlemania was out there. And um, he was curious at that time. But nowadays, Paul knows there's a Beatle band here, there's a Beatle band there, and he's not interested in that stuff. So, yeah. but let's talk about your show now. Because a okay. lot of people may not have seen you before or seen your you know classical mystery tour because I know you toured with that for a long time. But yeah, so what is the Live and Let Die show that you're bringing to Abbey Road on the River? Well, Live and Let Die, <clears throat> the music of Paul McCartney. I try to pick the the songs that are the most interesting and 
fun to hear live. And I also try to pick songs Paul doesn't do live so that we can make it a little different. And I like to do songs that, you know, uh, are kind of difficult. I love like taking a challenge of a, of a song like doing Uncle Albert, which is so much fun to do. Um, you know, things like Eleanor Rigby and, and songs like uh, Golden Slumbers, we do these live. And that's dogs barking, but anyway, um, we do uh, we do as many songs live as we can that are challenging and different, and some that Paul doesn't ever play. You know, like No More Lonely Nights we like to do, or um, you know, something that's uh, that that's just a bit different. You know, and and as if Paul were doing it, I'm 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 acting like him at that moment as if he walked up and just did a concert. So that's what they're going to see when they come see Live and Let Die. Wow. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that'd be really cool. So you do some Paul, so you just, it's a grab bag full of like Beatles and Paul and. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, there was one time where I, I counted the Beatles songs and I counted the Wings songs and it was strictly by accident. They were exactly half and half. Okay. So like half Beatles and half Wings and solo material obviously live and let dies the show and um my band is a very strong group um the guys are famous rock star and and i was lucky to to get them in my show uh people like tommy williams um who works with the hooters and he he tours with the hitmen and he's one of the most versatile music, musicians i've ever seen or known a uh, guy like Chris Holt, who works with Don Henley, who's now working with Mike um, Campbell of Tom Petty's band. And then my guitarist, uh, John Rajavi, who works with Max Weinberg, uh, Bruce's drummer, you know. And uh, he's just a great musician, good guys. My drummer's Brad Swigger. And uh, keyboard player's Andrew Lubman, who is just the, I mean, he gets out a flute to play it or he'll pick up a, a recorder to play and then he plays all the keyboard parts and just a solid, just a solid band. And I feel like they're holding me in their hands. So when I come walking out and I'm being Joe Elvis, you know, yeah. that's the beauty of my band. I, I just have the greatest guys in the world. That's great. Yeah, yeah, true professionals, you know, all of them. Yeah, yeah, just wonder and guys to hang with too, Yeah, you know. That's great. Yeah. Because a lot of our fans like to, you know, meet and greet with the musicians and hang out and, you know, talk shop afterwards, too. So, well, I always do that. <clears throat> I always like to do a like a meet and greet. I always like to say to the audience, we're going to come out front. We're going to meet all of you. Um, we like to do this because we love to hear your funny accent, you know, and the crowd gets a kick out of that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I know people can't wait for your sh for you to come to Abbey Road on the River. We're super excited. It's your first time, so are you excited to experience yes. the festival? I I can't. You know, it's going to be my most. This is my most favorite moment to do this show. I'm not kidding. I cannot wait to come out. And I I was so excited to hear that you know I was being considered to do the show, and I'm I I take it very seriously, and I'm going to be coming out with my best effort the greatest musicians that walk this planet are going to be in this band, I promise. And uh, it's so great. It's just so great to be, uh, you know, to be coming out. 
to do the show. Yeah. And if you're a Beatle fan, as you are, you know, you'll have a great time just oh, yeah. the whole grounds and hearing some of the other bands and, you know, it's, sure. it's a great time. So well, now, Mick, now, Mickey, I did a show in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, at the Bass Hall. We did like three nights in a row. He joined on stage with our orchestra show. He sang Sergeant Pepper, She's Leaving Home. And one of his, the most was, I think it was like um, maybe Daydream Believer or something. Because going to lunch with Mickey, people saw him and they, they would go, oh, my God, that's Mickey Dolan's. Oh, my God, look at, you know, and they would come up to him and they'd want an autograph and things. And I really enjoyed working with him. So when I see him at the Abbey Road show, I cannot wait to talk to him and say, hey, remember when we worked together, you know. So it'll be a lot of fun to see him. Yeah, maybe he can, you know, jump out and do a song with your show. I would love right. for him to join us. Oh, he can sing Sergeant Pepper anytime. There you go. <laughs> Might have to coordinate that. <laughs> well, thanks so much. This was so good to talk to you. I'm glad that um, we got to connect. And everyone's going to be super excited about your show that's coming, the Live and Let Die, the music of Paul McCartney. And I can't wait for it. And I'm really excited. So great, great. Melissa, thank you very much for having me. And uh, you have a good day. And I'm looking forward to seeing everybody out at the Abbey Road on the River.